How to gather a core team. Oh, did you start recording? Yes, Sorry, bro. I did. Sorry, man. This is Matt Hess coming live from we're, we're recording right Cincinnati. Now. Jen, can you edit this out, please? WKIP in Cincinnati. Sorry, Jen. I didn't know we were recording. Yeah, Jen's gonna have to edit My this bad. Alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna do this for real now, okay? Let's do it. What's up, church planners and church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm here with my good friend, Matt Hess, and you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter, or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt Hess, how are you doing, my friend? Man, I'm doing good doing good man um it's pretty cool i we we've been on vacation the past couple weeks and uh so one cool thing we we, we uh, some friends of ours some church members at fellowship pickering they let us use their cottage and uh this place had like a it was like 11 cottages on several acres and it was right against the lake it was beautiful and they had like a uh community pool, swimming pool mm-hmm. and so like our kids the, the lake is like right there but they want to keep going back to the swimming pool yeah, it's kids always. I'm like, like what? What is up with that, man? Yeah. But anyways, like, uh, so we're at the pool, and it was really cool. We're, I got in a conversation with these women and a couple of these ladies, and I was like, "Where are you guys from?" And and they're like from Oshawa, and so I, I told them a story about you guys and Fellowship Oshawa and stuff, and they're like, "We know that church." And this lady was like, "We just now went to their uh, back to school uh, bash and got free school supplies and stuff." So shout out. Fellowship Oshawa. It was pretty awesome, man. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a small world, isn't it? It is, dude. And we told you that we met somebody in Oshawa when we were out sharing the gospel last night who lives in Pickering, and they've been to one of your Easter events. Yeah, it's before. pretty cool, man. So, yeah. It's cool to see you. that, you know, how the network is reaching different people. Different I know, places. right? Like, people are actually... People actually are actually... Know who we are and yeah. stuff. It's kind of it's pretty kind exciting. Of interesting. It is. It is. Well, anything else interesting going on in your life? Before we get into our topic, well, you know, um, it, I'm I'm from Oklahoma, and I, I love knew you were going to talk. About well, this. you know, I love Sooner football, yeah, and uh, you know, Boomer, and I mean, let's just talk about Adrian Peterson for a second. Yeah, he had a good game. Had a good game, you know, and uh, like 170 yards, all-purpose yards from scrimmage. Just great first game. Um, you know, it was really good. And uh, Oklahoma, they had they're having a great start to their season. You know, how, how's Texas doing? You, I see you wearing a Texas Longhorns hoodie. What, what how are they doing to start their season? <laughs> why, wanna, why, you so, wanna, why you so quiet, bro? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> how did the Texans do, by the way, in their first game? Oh, we lost to the Patriots. Yeah, oh, we looked bad, man. Pa- man we the Patriots. Bad. I know. You know the Brady. you know the only person I've ever met that actually likes the Patriots. Case of Van Bossingham. Case of Van likes the Patriots? Yeah, I remember. Has we, he ever been to Boston before? <laughs> I don't, I don't um, think so. I think most Patriots fans have never even been to Boston. <laughs> I was in Boston last week. Yeah. And I watched the Astros pummel the Red Sox. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, it's like, um, when, did you, when did you start liking the Patriots? Oh, around 2008. <laughs> yeah, well, 2003. 2003. That's, that's, when that's when they won their first the one, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the Oakland game, the snow game. They shouldn't even been in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Isn't that the Oakland AFC Championship uh, game? Yep, yep. That was it. That was it. Oh, boy. So, His arm was not moving forward or whatever. Yeah, uh, the tuck rule. 
the tuck rule mm-hmm. came from that game, right? It did. It did. Wow. That's right. Well, the I think history. I think Tom Herman's going to get the Longhorns going. Our Canadian listeners are like, what are they talking about? I know. They're, they're like, <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. We were in, we were in Quebec, and uh, they, were t- they were promoting uh, university football. University and, football. Yeah, university football. <laughs> and um, so it is interesting, you know. You know, they've got more and more Canadians in the NFL, I've noticed. Like, there are, you're continuing to see more Canadians who are getting drafted, yeah. getting uh, signed as undrafted free agents. Yeah. Um, and they're like making their way into the into the league. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, Neville Gallimore is a starting nose guard for Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, their football team. And he's, he's from Canada. Um, so they got a bit of a pipeline coming up here. They, uh, recruit a guy, Josiah St. John, who's from Pickering, mm-hmm. played at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. lost his, lost his, uh, um, didn't, or, or, yeah, went, went, went to Oklahoma and then was number one draft pick in the CFL. Wow. So yeah, a few years back plays Pretty for cool. Saskatchewan, I believe his dad's a pastor in Scarborough actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. So small world. It is. Tom Herman's going to get that thing back on track at Texas. I'm convinced. He kisses his players. Did you know this? I do know that. He kisses his players, every single one of them. He lines them up yep. and kisses them before they go on the field. Yeah, it's very sweet of him. <laughs> I think sweet. <laughs> I'm laughing because I think sweet's the operative word, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good, man. You know, he's teaching them, um, you know, you give do you, them do brotherly kiss. Do you do that to your staff before you have Sunday morning services? <laughs> what? You kiss Scott. Only, only Scott Ridenauer. Only Scott Ridenauer. Only Scott Ridenauer. And um, we're BFFs. So, yeah. no, no, I do not. And um, I don't think I'd have a staff if I did that. Probably not, so, no. Yeah. But I, Her- Herman says he does it to show them, you know, manhood and, and family and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, yeah. I can see the family part. I yeah, don't know I about see, the manhood part. I can see the family part. Yeah. What if dude was like, what if, on the cheek, I think it's okay. What if like dude moved his... He's like goes kiss. <laughs> he moves his, he gives him up front on kiss. There's <laughs> 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 like, it's like there's like ninety players on a you know, a big division one team, isn't there? Oh, man. We don't have They're a like- lot of listeners to begin with. <laughs> I think we're losing more by the second. What? What? <laughs> we're, we got our Facebook page pulled up right now, and literally, we just now had thirteen unlikes. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. That's <laughs> good. We better get into the topic before we, we lose all our. We listeners. we we probably should. So today we're going to be talking about how to gather. A core team. And so if if you're not being sent out of a large church that has the capacity to be able to just uh, load your team up with, you know, 20, 30 people and to send you into uh, a new area uh, to plant, then you're going to have to gather a core team somehow because you cannot yeah. plant a church alone, uh, or at least you, you shouldn't you shouldn't try to tr- plant a church alone yeah. or you're, it's going to be a really uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to gather a core team. But uh, you know, the question is, how exactly do you go about doing that? Where do you even look? Uh, how do you find and recruit people to be on your core team? Or, you know, there may also be some guys who are listening um, to the podcast who they've already launched or they're meeting already in their living room or something like that. But their core team is either really small, like their own, their own family. And that's yeah. it. Like their wife and their kids. Yeah. Or, you know, they've just got a couple of people and they really want to grow their core team. So, you know, what do they do uh, to to kind of find more people who can be on their core team and and help them as they start the church planning process? So, 
Uh, I figured that'd be a good topic to to talk about today, man. You know, I saw I saw a statistic a while back. I don't know who shared it with me. It might have been Brett Porter, our city missionary for Sin Toronto. Um, but I, somebody had told me that the success rate of a church um, with a sending church and without a sending church is like a ninety percent ratio mm-hmm. for success if you have a sending church. And I, I, the reason why I say that is I think in, if you're going to be a sending church. Um, you got to give some people away. You know what I mean? Like you got to you got to you got to give some people away. You can't give away a lot, but you can try to give away a few of your best, you yeah. know, some some really solid people. And so I think that you should. I think you should have that that's one part, you know, that's one piece of it. Mm-hmm. You can have a core team from that aspect of your sending church. Um we're learning, I feel like at the fellowships, we're learning every year about what it means across net, the network how to be a good sending church and how to develop planners and and teams. And we were just talking before we jumped on here about the pipeline that, um, you know, that, uh, that the sin network has launched mm-hmm. and, uh, Dr. Tiffany Smith is providing uh, leadership to that and stuff. And man, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, but ultimately, man, like it's in the harvest. Yep. It's all our core teams are in the harvest. You know, it's, I, I think what we got to do is we got to give as we, as we have church planning residencies, mm-hmm. We we've, we've got to make sure and teach guys how to be in the harvest, how to engage the harvest on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and, and and by faith trust and understand that that's where you're going to find these people mm-hmm. um, that are going to be a part of your core team. Yeah. So when you say, I think we should probably clarify for our, our listeners when you say that um, you know the the laborers are in the harvest, or uh, you know your core team members are in the harvest. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, I I think it means a couple different things. Um, first and foremost, church planning is the greatest, in our opinions, obviously, as church planners, the greatest means of evangelism. Mm-hmm. That's why we plant churches to see lost people come to saving faith in Christ. And so ultimately, we believe that lost people that don't know Jesus, when when they hear the good news of the gospel, that um, that some will be born again. The Holy Spirit's already preparing their hearts, mm-hmm. and that they have. What Jeff Christofferson says, right? They're, yep. they're pre-evangelistic. They're pre-bent. They have pre-gifts already yep. Yep. instilled into them. Mm-hmm. And the oikos, their community, their relationships, they're yep. going to keep on introducing us to more and more people. Yep. And we become a family. And that's what I mean. You know, mm-hmm. that's where your core team is. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's where they are. You're, you're, one thing we don't talk a lot about, especially when I got into church planning, uh, we don't say this as church planners because there's some church planners that start and they start the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, you know, there, there's guys out there and they, they start to, um, you know, poach guys. They yep. start to poach people. Oh, like he'd be a good youth pastor. Or he'd be a good worship leader. Mm-hmm. And they don't do it the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to churches and, or they go to these people and they invite them. Hey, I'm starting this new thing. I know you haven't been real happy where you are. Mm-hmm. And then they cloak it in spiritual yeah. <laughs> spirituality, you know, maybe the Lord's leading you to be a part of my core team. Yeah. You know, you don't really like your pastor instead of encouraging that guy. Or or, or if it's not the Lord, this 5% salary increase. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like, you know, instead of encouraging that guy, hey, make things right with your pastor, uh, because what comes around goes around, that's going to happen to you. And um, so, but, but with that being said, we have discovered people in the harvest, like knocking on doors, engaging in relationship, who... Yeah, I want to be careful of my words here because um, we never want to throw stones, but they they are traveling a long distance to go to a church. They feel like 
they're not being discipled or they're not able to be on mission at that church or whatever it might be. And they hear the vision and they say, mm -hmm. wow, I'd really like to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And for our planners listening, then, then you have to start to pray and then you have to have integrity and character with how you go about inviting that person on your yep. core team, which should start with a conversation with that particular person's pastor. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, so Here's here's where I think it's got to start, right? Even before you you go find laborers in the harvest, you it starts with a strong vision and an effective communication of that vision, yeah. right? Like you've got to have uh, a a clear um, kind of end goal that or or vision uh, that you are calling people to, uh, yeah. kind of a picture that you can paint for somebody and say, Hey, here's where we believe that God is leading us and calling us. And it needs to be a compelling vision, you know, a yeah. vision that people would say, Hey, I really want to be a part of something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, once you've got that, uh, then I think it, it'll attract people who want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like obviously when you start doing like book of acts, type stuff, yeah. uh, you're going to start attracting people who feel a desire and a call to do book of acts like things. Yeah. And uh, you know, like I know you said, you know, we don't want to throw stones and stuff like that. And, 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 you know, we're not talking about any church in particular, but I'll be quite frank. Uh, you know, there are plenty of churches out there that people are sitting in like genuine followers of Jesus yeah. and they're wanting to do more. Like they want to share the gospel. Yeah. They want discipleship. They want to see lost people get saved yeah. and they've been in church for forever and they have never seen that happen because it's, you know, either the, the church just isn't giving them opportunities to use their gifts or, um, you know, there's, yeah, there's just no, there's no opportunities for them to, to use the gifts they've been given. Yeah. And so when they, you know, hear a vision about, you know, like, Hey, we're going to actually go out and we're going to hit the streets and we're going to share the gospel and we're seeing lost people get saved. They want to be a part of that, yeah. You know? So, um, I yeah, I think just having that compelling vision is a key part of it. Yeah, it's everything, right? If if you were going to start up a, if you're going to start up a company and somebody said, "What's your company going to be about?" and you said, "Well, we're going to sell, you know, um, pins and pencils." Wow, that's I don't really care to be a part of that company. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But if you frame it in such a way and you have a clear vision of how bringing a certain type of pen and pencil to the market is going to impact and change people's lives for the better, you know, and you can communicate that and articulate that in a way that's going to um, inspire people, motivate people to want to be a part of that, then you got something going there. Yep. And it's sometimes I, I feel like as church planners, we're like, well, we're just going to start a church, mm -hmm. you know, and then we just assume everybody... Well, man, you ask, you, you, you put 10 Christians in a room and you ask them, Hey, give me your definition of a church. You're going to get 10 different things. Mm -hmm. And so somebody's going to say this about programs and that about this or whatever it might be. That's what you have to understand. You know, like what you said is so good because if you don't have that clear and compelling vision in the beginning as you're developing your core team. I, people will not stick with you. They will not stick with you. People have to be inspired. Mm -hmm. And it, and so people say, well, like, well, oh, wow, you know, and I can hear the pushback already. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, like just self-motivation and all, or, you know, mo help motivation books and all this kind of stuff that's out there today or whatever. Like, I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about like Tony Robbins garbage. I'm talking about like a, a, a prayer-bathed, spirit-led, you know, fire, power, vision that comes from the Lord through the word that you cast to your people. And when they get done, 
you know, when you get done sharing it with them, they say like, man, I have to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And I know we're not talking about partnership development today, but like, it's like when I'm talking to partners, potential partners for this network and other church planners and stuff like that. When, when I get done talking to potential partners, I want them to feel like if I don't get involved in this, I'm, I'm going to miss out on something. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to miss out on something. And church planners should have that passion, that fire. Yep. I get, I get very weary or, or leery of a church planner that can talk about the gospel with no passion that can that can talk about the his calling with no passion like that 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 concerns me yep yeah i think you need to have a a compelling vision and you need to also believe it yourself i yeah. think that people can can tell um whether you do or not and I, I think that when you have that when you've got that that type of a vision and then you're executing it so yeah. you're actually doing um, the things that, you know, that, that people are hungry to see, you know, like in the book of Acts, you're being led by the spirit, Yeah. then you don't really have to ask people to join you. Like they're going to be asking you yeah. uh, to join. Um, it, you know, I know that, you know, you said the labors and the harvest, uh, when we started, I think half of our core team, uh, you know, in the very beginning was people that were, were sent out from fellowship pickering yeah. with us. And half of them were people that were brand new believers. That, that, that you met and baptized yeah. and started. Yeah. And then yeah. and our core team grew from there. Yeah. Um, and uh, we added a, a couple of, of couples who were kind of in that, that boat and they'd been praying, you know, it was uh it was clearly a, a God thing because they had, before we even met them, they had already been sensing the Lord, pulling them away from their existing yeah. church because they had, you know, they've been a part of a church where they hadn't seen somebody get saved in years. And, yeah. and they were just, they knew as they read their Bibles, like, this is not what, what this is supposed to be. Like, we don't want to waste our lives, basically. Yeah. We want to, we want to make a difference for the kingdom. And they wanted to see people get saved and, and see the gospel shared. And, yeah. you know, and we, and they came across uh, one of our flyers one day, right? Yeah. And they were, you know, intrigued. And, you know, we met and just shared with them our vision. Our vision is, we call it 30 lights. Yep. Uh, our missional communities are called lighthouses. And yeah. our, uh, we believe, uh, God gave us a vision to have uh, 30 of them scattered all throughout the city so that every single person in the city of Oshawa has an opportunity to hear the gospel and respond to an invitation yeah. to turn and follow Jesus. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think people that the spirit of God is working in, they hear something like that and it resonates because mm -hmm. they're like, man, I, I want the name of Jesus to be glorified. Yeah. Sold. I want to see the lost be born again. Like Absolutely. I, I want to see my city transformed and turned around. I'm tired of just sitting in pews and keeping yeah. pews warm. And so, you know, like through that process of, of praying and 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 uh, and seeking God's will, they ultimately uh, came on board and became a, uh, came a part of our core team. You know, yeah. so there's there's all kinds of different ways that that God kind of added to our our team throughout Absolutely. the process. Yeah, I mean, we can, you know, it's it's amazing how the different people get connected to your church, and 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 at the at the top of that is always the spirit drawing people and speaking to people. And he wants to build his church. God wants to build his church. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back to developing a core group, you know, if the church planner doubts that, if the Bible talks a lot about being double-minded in your, your prayer, your faith, uh, we've been talking a lot about that at fellowship Pickering. Like, you know, we can't say things like, you know, I, I shared the gospel with somebody, you know, um, uh, you know, but they're, they're probably not going to respond or they're probably not going to ever come back or contact me or anything like that. That's double mindedness. Mm -hmm. Um, and we are all guilty of, it. I'm guilty of it. You know, planners are guilty of it, but when you're building your core team, yeah, that's important to have that clear vision and believe it. That's why it's so important, you know, like to know you, you can't, you can't pour into people until God's poured into you. Mm -hmm. 
Like you, you can fake it and it'll be chaff. It'll burn up. Mm. It ain't going to do nothing for the kingdom. But you cannot, that's why in scripture we see these prophets, they go and get alone with God. Christ, he got alone with the Father. Mm-hmm. You got to get alone with God. You got to get a vision from God. And I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, you sit there with, you know, with your feet crossed and you, you know, with your thumbs in the air, you know, or your fingers in the air. I'm talking about meditating on the word, asking the, the spirit to, to show you things. And then he will, mm-hmm. he will, and he'll give you a vision and he'll give you that clarity and, and he'll give you that passion. People say there's a few things you can't coach in life, and I think passion is one of those things. So people say, like, how do you get your passion, or where does that passion come from? It comes from God. Mm -hmm. For us as Christ followers, if you've known, if you know that God has told you something and showed you something in His Word as a leader, man, what else do you need? Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just believe in those beginning days when you have a core team, inspiring them around that vision. Rallying them around that vision is important. No. It's really, really important. It and is. you're right, man. People will be attracted to it. Yeah. People are attracted to to vision. No. They're attracted to being a part of something that it's going to take not, more than And not just use. spoken vision, but when they see it. Like, yes. they got to see it. Like, I, I honestly don't... I, I think that... Um, that the core team that, that God bless us with, it, it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't acted on the vision that God right. gave us, right? Like, yeah. cause number one, just practically speaking, we, we wouldn't have had uh, newly saved people on our core team if That's we right. hadn't gone out and shared the gospel. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that, you know, some of the other people that ended up, you know, coming and being a part of fellowship Oshawa would have been compelled to do so had they not seen like fruit, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. but they saw fruit and, you know, Man, there's nothing more exciting for somebody uh, that that's indwelt by the Holy Spirit than seeing than seeing fruit, yeah. right? You see that, and it's kind of like a moth to a light. You yeah, just want, you just want to go there and be a part of that. Um, so, and I like I've told I've said before on this podcast that was the reason I I moved. We moved here, yeah. right? Like when me and Jen came and and on our vision trip, and we met you guys, and yeah. we saw the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. We you weren't just talking the talk. You yeah. and Erica, you guys were, were walking it and you were seeing fruit. And so we were like, man, we want to be a part of the fellowships network yeah, and man. like what God's doing there. You, you know, that's why when we have like these uh, network gatherings, they're always so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I um, our family, we were, sp- we were going to go to Montreal for an extra couple of days on our vacation. But, you know, Caden's, we've been on the road for like seven, eight days. And, uh, you know, Caden's starting to get tired, our three-year-old and kids are starting to bicker and stuff. And, you know, Eric and I was talking one night after kids went to bed. He's like, you know, why don't we just go home, spend our last couple of days, just kind of do a staycation. And so we came back on Saturday evening and uh, we don't want to go to fellowship bickering because, you know, as a pastor, you can't go back to your church. Mm-hmm. You, you really want to be, don't want to be on. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we went to, uh, went to Rouge Park mm-hmm. and we hadn't been to Rouge Park in, in quite a while. And so, uh, wanted to just kind of see how they're doing and stuff. And man, it was so good. Um, you know, they're growing just like you guys are growing and healthy, just like you guys are healthy. And, um, you know, pastor Casey van there, you know, sharing his testimony, he preached on depression and it was just so good. And it's, it's so that vision coming to fruition and seeing it and being around other churches and these network gatherings and stuff. When you have those network gatherings and like a Christmas Eve thing or a good Friday, it's why those things are important so that your people can see the bigger picture Mm -hmm. and it's inspiring. It's really good, man. Yeah, it is. I think um, practically just for our listeners, some things that you can do to find potential team members um, aside from talking about your, your vision and your church plant with, with everybody that you come across in your area. Um, I know one of the things we did that um, 
you know, it was really cool is we just started volunteering in our community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like just go, go where people are already gathering yeah. and go gather with them and start looking for opportunities to share the gospel and have gospel conversations. Yeah. Um, that's where we, uh, the first couple people we baptized were people that we met at this one specific nonprofit we were volunteering at and they ended up being a part of our core team. And, uh, and then also, Man, just go and share the gospel in your area and carry info about your church, um, yeah. you know, around with you. Like, don't like, don't go out in the harvest without stuff about your church. Like, yeah. you know, make sure you've got, you know, something, Always. some kind of info uh, to, to where people can connect with you again. And um, yeah, can, yeah, I mean, can I go back to the yeah, not for profits? Yeah. So, you know, this is one thing you guys have probably discovered this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we first came here and we would start to work with not for profits and people, the reason why we encourage planners to do that is because they're already doing good things. There's people already doing good things in your city. And, you, you know, uh, Vance Pittman always talks about, you know, we, we don't want to just start a service or a church or whatever. We want to adopt the city, want to engage the city. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you the opportunity to see what God's already doing. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. Those people are already striving to do good things. Yep. And so, but, but a lot of times they've never really heard the gospel, mm-hmm. even if they're working with some churches, because let's just be frank. I mean, some churches do not harvest. Mm-hmm. They, they just kind of assume like it happens by osmosis, you know, or whatever it might be. And, um, especially the, the more postmodern and secularized we're getting as a society. Mm-hmm. And so if you come in with the harvesters mentality, sharing the gospel with those people as you're working alongside of them, that's been pretty beneficial for us too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, obviously another thing, if you're in the, the pre plant stage and, and you haven't planted yet, maybe you're in the early stages. Um, hopefully you've got a sending church. Like we were talking about earlier. Uh, if you don't like, I don't think me and Matt could encourage you any, any more strongly to find one. Yeah, um, and, absolutely. And don't like, just don't, don't plant until you do, you know yeah. what I mean? Like find you a sending church that, um, I, I just, yeah, I couldn't recommend that strongly enough, uh, to find you a sending church that's going to be there to support you. Uh, be a part of it for a while. And and honestly, if it's a good sending church, what they'll do is they'll give you a license, a hunting license basically to be able to go and recruit a couple people at that church to to come with you. I know Jen and I've talked, um, you know, I'm, I'm really open with people all the time that like God's called me to plant multiple churches. Like there's, I'm a church planter. I'm going to, at some point in the not too distant future, I'm going to move on and plant another church. And that's just what I'm called to do. And, but we've, we've, you know, we've learned a lot from in this church. There's some things we're going to do differently next yeah. time. And, and uh, my wife, like, I mean, she insists upon like, we are never doing this alone again. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> like we're going to have a team with yeah. us. Um, hey, we should probably unpack that, you know, because sure. like what you said earlier, just so our listeners don't get confused because, you know, it's like you, so 50% of your core team, like we sent some people out fellowship pickering to you guys. Mm-hmm. And then you, you guys identified some people in the harvest. And mm-hmm. so you had a core team. And so when Jared's saying alone, he's not saying like there was literally nobody else with us. Right. But what he's saying is the responsibility right. and the leadership. That's exactly. what you mean. Yeah. There was nobody who was, who would, they would identify themselves as missionaries just right. like Jen and I were. Yeah. So like the, the people that came over that the, the two guys that came over from fellowship pickering, for yeah. example, like they have, they had full time jobs. Yeah, um, and they were they were members basically at our church who were who were serving, um, but they were not 
they wouldn't have identified themselves yeah. as missionaries whose main focus was the field. Um, and even and so. even and one thing we've learned with this too mm-hmm. is like this whole co-vocational push and stuff yep. with what Jeff's doing at, at Send and which I I think is incredible. I love it, man. Um, Brad Briscoe, those guys. But you know, it's it's not about like saying, oh, oh, hey, um, quit your factory job and quit this and mm-hmm. come over and be a full-time, a full-time pastor with right. me, no. a full-time missionary with me. And that's not what we're saying no. or advocating for. What we're saying is this all feeds into like developing your core team. So like if you have that leadership pipeline, you're developing people, mm-hmm. hey, keep your job as a cop, keep your job as a school teacher. Mm-hmm. But as you're doing that for a year or two, we're going to teach you some of these things. Yeah. And when, and so for us at, at the, at, at fel, the fellowships and, and for fellowship Pickering, we are, we are teaching our, our residents how to raise up five ministry directors. Mm-hmm. And it's what we're giving our plants moving forward, like a prepackaged, yeah. like, you know, you need a kids worship mm-hmm. or a kids director. You need a worship and arts director. Mm-hmm. You need a guest services director. You need a community outreach director. Mm-hmm. You need a, guest services director, whatever, spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. So the, here, here they are. This is the expectation. Who can fill those roles for you? Right. And who can you raise up? Fish mm-hmm. in our congregations. Mm-hmm. Look at our churches. And then start to, and we're talking about core group, pray for those positions. Mm-hmm. Pray for those positions. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and then once you have that, that that's, in, that's incredible. But, but, but here's the thing. That's, that's what we're talking about. When we talk about team church planning, mm-hmm. um, and be, doing it alone versus, you know what I mean? Yep. Because, and even the way looking back, you, you guys would probably look back and say, man, maybe some of those people in the beginning, we could have given more responsibility to, we should have maybe, maybe. from, from the start. And cause I know I have, mm-hmm. I'm speaking for me now, you know, like looking back, I think we've probably, we probably missed the bus on a few people mm-hmm. that had p- leadership potential that we were unwilling to give things away to mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, like a good way to look at, at the difference that, that you were talking about with, you know, somebody who's kind of like basically, a, a, a another missionary, yeah. uh, along with you. Uh, like I know Jen and I like the, the, you know, wherever we plant next, like we're going to like recruit people to like move their lives there with us, Yeah, you know, like to actually like, Hey, come with us. And, you know, cause we were, we were thinking back on this and that wasn't even on our radar before we moved yeah. up here. Like we didn't even, it, the thought never crossed our mind that, Hey, you know, we could actually like talk to some people who live in Austin here with us and see if they want to go to Toronto with us. We did we never thought about that yeah. because we, we didn't know any better at the time. And, yeah. and I guess like that wasn't, it just wasn't on our radar. Uh, like it is now, now yeah. we're like, man, like, you know, there are people that, that I know and, and love, you know, uh, here and, you know, all over North America, really, who I can think of right now that if we were to like pick up next week and, you know, God called us to go plant again, yeah. like I'd probably pick up the phone and call them and say, Hey, I yeah. want you to pray about coming to wherever with us, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that can be whether they're from your home church or not, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We, um, you know, t- you can, you could build that core team up with people for sure that are, you know, want to go and be on mission. And I think it's, I think it's important though for our listeners, like in the beginning stages, whoever's on your core team, whoever you're attracting, wh- whoever it is, getting them in responsibilities mm-hmm. from the beginning, mm-hmm. teaching them how to be in the harvest, yeah. teaching them how to make disciples, whatever process that is for you in particularly, but it has to be clear. Um, because you can have 50 people in your core team. And if, if, if you you don't know how to delegate and if you got to have your thumb on everything, you got to have your hand in the pot all the time as a church planner, 
I don't care. You're, you're going to make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So big or small core team, mm-hmm. um, putting people in roles and, and helping them thrive in those leadership positions is really, really important yep. in yep. your core team. Yep. Exactly. Um, what, let's talk about maybe uh, a little bit about uh, just the qualities and the characteristics yeah. of a good team member. What should you look for in a, a team member yeah. uh, who's going to be on your church planning team? Well, the first thing, you know, always is the two words we always talk about at the network and humility and teachability. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, I was talking to a, a, a network leader a couple weeks ago and um, he said, he was, he, he said, you know, talking about a specific planner and uh, he said, um, he's very, very, uh, very, very teachable, but he wasn't necessarily humble. Huh. And so I thought, oh, wow, that's interesting. I always thought it kind of went hand in hand. But I, mm-hmm. the way he explained it, I was like, oh, I see that, you know, that, how it couldn't be. Um, you know, or I think I had it the other way around. I think he was humble, but not so much teachable. Mm-hmm. They had advised him to do something, and he was kind of like, no. Um, but teachability and humility is so important. You don't want guys or gals or families, whatever. You don't want people coming into your core group. <laughs> I want to make sure I, <laughs> I say this the right way. So... When you're the lead planner and you're casting vision and you know that God's giving you vision, I don't think that vision has to be arrived at just individually with you. Um, in other words, I think you can find that vision with your core team. Yep. And I think even better, you can do that from the beginning uh, for what we call, you know, the vision frame, Will mm-hmm. Mancini, Church Unique, God Dreams, whatever. Um, I think if you can do that in the context of your core group, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think it's really awesome. Um, but what you can't have on your, on your core team is people, it's great to have people that push back on you, even as a leader to say, ah, Jared, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. Like, let's, let's think about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I haven't heard an example this past week about a a, a core team, new church and, and they were pushing back and, and, uh, it was good. It was healthy. But, but I think if there's a difference, there's a fine nuance between like pushing back and then saying like, we just shouldn't do that. But then they don't go nowhere. Yep. Like they stay on your core team mm-hmm. and you realize you wake up and you're like, Ooh, this, this person shouldn't probably be here. Mm-hmm. And now, you, so yeah. teachability and humility is really important. Yeah. I would say to our listeners, be careful who you invite to your core team. Yeah. Absolutely. Be careful who you give too much influence to in the mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's also, if somebody knows Christ and they want to be a part of your core team, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, in the, in the beginning stages, you feel desperate mm-hmm. to have people. And you're like, uh, you know, yeah. The qualities you look for are: do they breathe? <laughs> yeah. Do you, are you alive? Awesome. Do you have you a make pulse? a great core team member. Um, <laughs> you can be our kids director. Before <laughs> <laughs> we, you know how desperate we are for kids directors <laughs> yeah. when we're your church planner, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Somebody please handle our nursery. <laughs> do you sing in the shower? Lead worship. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But, um, but you got to be really careful because spiritually, if a, a Christian comes onto your core team. And they might even say that all the right things. Like I, I wasn't on, I wasn't given the opportunity to be on mission or lead or whatever. And they come onto your core team and you just see certain things like spiritually, like they don't walk by the spirit. They're not led by the spirit. They, mm-hmm. they, they're, 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 uh, careless with their words. They mm-hmm. offend, they're rude, they're abrupt or whatever. And you just feel desperate and you give people responsibility because you're trying to fill a position or whatever it might be. Be super cautious with that. Mm-hmm. Cause once you give, that person, some spiritual authority in the life of your church. Mm-hmm. It's really challenging to pull yeah. back from. 
You know, one of the things um, that you uh, taught us to do, I remember in the beginning, um, and that I, I tell, I share this with everybody now, and and I'll and I'll encourage the guys who are listening today uh, to to praise Lord, uh, bring the right people and keep the wrong people away. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I, I think that's such an important prayer to pray mm-hmm. um, and just ask God. Because I, I mean, church plants are uh, wolf magnets in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, because uh, church plants are vulnerable; they're new, uh, and so a lot of times people who have um, bad intentions yeah. uh, will see it as an opportunity to kind of come in and and do what they want and have their way. And so you're going to have people like that come. Um, and you know, I, I was also I was reading uh, like last week. I, I was reading through the book of Joshua, and it just stuck out to me again how. Uh, you know, in Joshua chapter eight, after they, they conquered Jericho and one man, Achan, you know, takes us and hoards some treasure for himself yep. and directly disobeys God. And it results in the defeat at, um, I don't know how to pronounce the town. I, AI. I yeah, AI. AI. Yeah, AI. It results in the defeat at AI and like 30, you know, 37 men lose their life. That's a little detail that we don't look at a lot in that yeah. passage. And that stuck out to me. And I was like, man, uh, the consequence for one person, absolutely, for one person, uh, basically not being right with God and living in deliberate sin for that community was that thirty-seven lives were taken. Not to mention Aiken's whole family. Well, yeah, and then his whole family, you know, died as a consequence. So, you know, like it's not like that. You know, God just stopped caring about you know uh, corporate purity yeah. when the when when Jesus came. Like God still cares about corporate oh, purity. Man, man, if you've That's got a good if word. you've got sin. You know, in the camp, like it can really hold back what God wants to do in and through your core right. team. That's that man. That's absolutely right. We've been talking a lot about that fellowship Pickering um, over the past several months, and um, you know, I think we're I think we're delusional mm-hmm. um, as leaders sometimes. You know, and and we we disguise things, we cloak things. You know, uh, well, God's grace covers a multitude. Of course, it does. Um, and nobody's perfect. Absolutely not. But like, if you have known sin in your life and you, and you're a church planner, even and you're a leader or somebody on a core team or whatever, and they refuse to deal with it and you refuse as a leader to help them deal with it or whatever, like you're crazy. If you think God's going to just keep blessing your church and ministry, yep. like it doesn't matter. It matters. Mm-hmm. It, holiness always matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, another thing that is important to look for, for, uh, you know, uh, a quality in a church plant team member is somebody who's looking for what they can give and not what they can get. Yeah, that's and good. the way that I I filtered that whenever we were uh, talking to people is I would just tell people straight up like, "Hey, this is going to be hard." Yeah, and like it would be it'll be more comfortable for you to stay where you're at. Yeah. Um, because you know, like it's it's not going to be like um, you know, being at an established church. Like you know, if you've got kids, we don't have a great fantastic kids ministry for your kids to come into, right. you know, we don't have, you know, like a, a nursery set up, you know, we don't have, you know, like there's going to be some messiness, the worships, it's going to be kind of, eh, it's not going to be great. You know, yeah. it's probably not going to be as good as your church down yeah. the road, you know? Yeah. So like, uh, you know, the, there's just going to be, there's going to be challenges to it. Yeah. You know, there's going to be discouraging days. There's going to be discouraging Sundays when you walk in and there's like 18 people at yeah. church on a Sunday morning. And it's like, you know, are you, okay with that. You know, yeah. like, is that, re- do you really want to be on mission? You yeah. know, uh, because it's going to take some blood, sweat and tears to see this through. Now it's rewarding and it's worth it. If God's mm. calling you, man, like, cause now I look back at, you know, two and a half years later from where we started and yeah, there were some hard days and there were some hard things we went through, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, Absolutely. man, just seeing what God's doing now. And it, it was so yeah. worth it. But you know, I wanted people in the beginning who were willing to go on that journey with us. 
I think it's even okay to like, for <laughs> church planners listening, you know, and especially if you're in the beginning stages of starting your church, man, we just want to give you permission, like to, <laughs> to, to even discourage some people from being a part of what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, but that's not our, it's right? not our, we, so we get, we, it's almost like we become like beggars and we start getting yeah. on our knees in front of people begging yeah. anybody to be a part of our church because we feel like we, we just need more bodies. Yeah. And I just think that's the, like, we should, it's the wrong way. We don't need to do that. Yeah. You have like, to be confident to. in who you are in Christ, but more importantly, you have to be confident in Christ. You have to be confident that he's going to build his church. He doesn't need you to do it. He doesn't need anybody to do it. He's going to build his church with the people he wants to build it with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I, I remember thinking through some stories, you know, some, I, I remember one time, um, we, we had some people coming, um, to our church and, uh, you know, and there was certain things, certain topics. And they would say to me, you know, like, well, we understand, you know, uh, we were talking about sexuality in the sermon and, you know, God's design for marriage and stuff. And, you know, they were like, well, we understand, you know, you come from a Southern Baptist background, you come from the Bible belt and you're young. And I'm like, dude, I didn't just come to these conclusions. Like this is the word of God. Mm. I've always held these views. doesn't matter if I live in Toronto. doesn't matter if I live in Oklahoma, Tennessee, it doesn't matter. God's word's God's word. We're not going to compromise on it and we're not going to, to shift and water it down or change these things. So you'll stay at our church. Yep. Never. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, church planners, you understand if you're going to start to compromise to build your core team, you're, you're going to compromise after you launch mm-hmm. and you, you go down that road of compromise where, Oh, push this, push that. The, all these churches, man, like the United Church, other churches that are closing their doors, they've just, they've gone so far off mm-hmm. the, the rails. They didn't, they didn't start like, you know what? We're just going to completely stop believing the authoritative word of God. It nope. started with this. It, nope. Well, I don't know if Job was really. That, start just you know, all it takes is giving one, giving up a little bit of ground. That's it, man. And it just, snowballs. Yeah. And it snowballs. And, and I think, you know, you need to, when some young guy comes to me and says, um, or it doesn't matter. And they say, Matt, I think I'm called to ministry. You know, what, what do you think? And the first thing I always say to him is if you can do anything else with your life and be happy, go do that. Hmm. And they're always kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't think you'd, I thought you'd try to, and I'm like, ministry's hard. Mm -hmm. It's super hard. Mm -hmm. And, um, now it's, it's incredibly rewarding Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else in my life. Um, that's how you know you're called though. That's how you know you're called. But if you, if, but if you don't know that, if you're just like kind of on the fence or you think it's fun, you think it's cool. Like I meet a lot of church planners who I'm convinced just think they think church planning's fun or it's cool or it's new. They get to kind of do what they want to do. They get to kind of lay it out how they want to lay it out. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the personality type of guys, you know, and part of that's from God. Yeah. You, you, you want, you're a visionary, you know, and yep. visionary and, um, you, you want to do some things your way through, through God's lead. And that's okay to a certain mm-hmm. extent, you know, um, but, but ultimately, yeah, talking to, bringing it back to core groups, uh, you know, make, making sure uh, that, um, you know, you know, that, that people say, saying to potential core group members, this might not be for you. Mm-hmm. This is what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be setting up, yep. you know, you're going to be tearing down. Yep. Yeah. I think the, the, what you, what you don't, what would be even worse than not having anybody on your team is getting the wrong people on your team or getting people on your team who are going to uh, either turn on you or, or bail on you yeah. in the middle of the process. Uh, it, it's just going to make life a lot harder for you yeah. as a planner. Like 
that that's why also you know another thing I would look for in a, a potential team member is they're not afraid of commitment. Yeah, that's um, good. This is where you have to be careful with like younger people. Yeah. You know, like so it, it's 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 kind of uh, I don't know. It's frustrating. I don't know. Frustrating is not the right word, but yeah. it's uh, uh, the blessing and the cursing of younger people when it comes to church planting is that they're usually very eager to be involved in yeah. something like church planting. They're much more willing uh, to go and do that. Young adults have a lot more time on their hands, especially yeah. if they're single, they don't, they're not married, they don't have kids. So like they, you know, they can, they can do a lot more uh, and they can volunteer a lot more, but they're also a lot more volatile. Um, yeah. They, they are much more flighty and, you know, looking for the next best thing and mm. they'll, they'll bounce on you in a heartbeat. Uh, not all, I'm not saying across the board. I'm not saying all young adults, yeah, are like sure. that, but they have a higher propensity to do that. And yeah. so uh, I think that's something just like walking with them for a little bit and, and seeing what their character is like yeah. and things like that and kind of, kind of gauging that. Over yeah. time, don't look at the outward giftedness. Like, I mean, you're going to come across some really gifted people, um, but but character matters so much more oh, than their giftedness. I, this is this is probably, you know, we always tend to overcorrect in life with with situations we've been in. You know, um, you know, I I've actually seen the opposite. Just so we provide some balance to our listeners, you know, I, I've seen like younger people that are super committed and sure. older people are kind of the ones oh, we've fl- still got some on our team. I'm not oh, of course. I know you're not. Like, I know yeah, you're not. Absolutely. Uh, but, and, and, but we've seen kind of older people kind of flake out or whatever, because mm-hmm. we were too hardcore. Or we, we talked about the cross too much or Jesus, whatever, you know? Um, but you know, like I, I, I think that it's when, when you're talking about the commitment level, you know, and, 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 and asking people, I think I've kind of, I think I've kind of like probably overcorrected what you said about the giftedness. <laughs> Whereas before, like somebody would be like super gifted. I'd be like, wow, this person could be like a part of our core team or one of the churches in the network's core mm-hmm. team. Now I'm almost like kind of <laughs> Larry, you know, I'm kind of cautious. I'm like, wait a minute. This person, we've, well, we've been burned. Yeah. You've been burned. Right. Yeah. And so you're like, this person's too gifted, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, wow. And, and, but God's been really gracious and, and, especially the past, you know, couple years to, to bring along some, some potential people who mm-hmm. they are very gifted and, and they got strong character, but you know, character is everything, man. Yeah. Integrity is everything in church planning. Mm-hmm. And so for your core team, it's everything. Uh, I'll be honest. Like if you have core team meetings and somebody's late all the time, but they always give you lip service, how much they love the church and, and are passionate about you know, this and passionate about that, but you know, they don't, they don't show up to outreach events. They're, they're late to your core group meetings. They're, um, they're not kind of, they're shirking their duties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd question that person, yep. you know, and their commitment. Yep. So we can say anything we want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think we actually, and we don't want to give our listeners like this, we, like we rule with like <laughs> Gestapo, like an iron fist or nothing mm-hmm. like that. Cause you got to give, I get flexibility. We we've talked a lot about that. You and I, um, especially in the summertime up here, it feels like everything kind of shuts down for three months. Yeah. You um, want to excommunicate your entire congregation. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, oh, cool. You don't want to, you don't want to come to church for 90 days. Good. You're fired. Find a new one. <laughs> yeah, but like we were, uh, just trying to talk about that. Like, how do you balance all that? You know, I was talking with another uh, leader in the city, um, few weeks ago about the same thing Mm -hmm. like what do you do like what's your expectation on elders you know and they're Mm -hmm. they're gone all the time or 
uh, you know, they're not committed or whatever that looks like. We're, we're not talking about that. You got to have some flexibility. I get that. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you're, when, when your core team, man, you're, you're about to launch a church with these people. And so if they're, if they're not bought in with like their time, their talent, their treasure, you know, their energy, they don't want to get the ball. We, we say getting the ball downfield. If they don't want to get the ball downfield mm-hmm. with you, like, what are they doing there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Are they just are they just take are they just gonna fill a pew? Are they just gonna fill a mm-hmm. chair? We don't have pews in church planning, most of us. But like, are they just gonna take up a spot so it looks like you have a fuller crowd on Sunday? Is that the goal? Yeah. You know, that's not the goal. Nope, it's not. The goal is to get them on mission with you. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think you know, just kind of my my marching orders, if you will, as we kind of head to the finish line, is um, just being a, holding holding your core team accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, giving them some, as the leader, giving them some clear goals. This is where we're going. This is what we want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Taking a year, looking at a year calendar as a church, as a core group and saying like, Hey, these are the events we're doing. This Mm -hmm. is when, this is, we'd love to start a second small group in the quarter of this year, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be. And this is what we're moving towards. This is what we're going towards. And then starting to identify gifts and all that kind of stuff is really important. Yeah. Yeah, my marching orders would be um, start praying, God, mm. keep the wrong people away and bring the right people to us and yeah. pray that prayer faithfully. And then ask your, you know, if you've got a uh, a prayer team, um, you know, uh, you know, churches that are partnering with you, uh, sending church, whatever, ask them to pray that same thing. Uh, I can't tell you how important that is. I truly believe that because we've had so many people praying that prayer for us yeah. uh, ever since we began this journey, that that's why we've had the, the incredible team that we've got. And God has answered that prayer. Yeah. He has kept the wrong people away uh, and he's brought the right people to us. And it's yeah. just been it's been amazing to watch. And then uh, the other thing it's kind of going back to what we talked about at the end of the uh, at the beginning of the podcast is. It's quite simple. You, you've got to get in the harvest and get involved in the life of your community and start talking about your vision and executing your vision yeah. in front of people. Like you, that, you, that's how you're going to attract people to what that's you're doing. It. I mean, people will see it. You'll, lost people will get saved and then you'll start, a core team will start forming yeah. if you're doing those things. It's not about, we talk about this all the time on the podcast, but it's not about your personality. You got to get over that. I mean, I talked to so many guys that, well, I'm not an extrovert. It doesn't matter. Nope. It does not matter. You know, nope. like, uh, not had, a good excuse. Had coffee with, this morning, um, you know, with a guy who's really starting to be on mission, man. It's so cool mm-hmm. when you talk to guys and they're starting to get it, man. And they're, they're really starting to, they're taking the great commission seriously. They're starting to obey. Mm-hmm. They're starting to get out of their comfort zones, you yep. know, and it, and he was so jacked and it's like, yeah, man, this is exciting awesome. when yeah. we obey. Yep. Like, you know, um, yep. so yeah, it's, it's good. You, what you said is key. The prayer you, you know, God has shown me more and more and more that everything else we do is it's futile if we're not praying. Mm-hmm. If we're not praying, man, it's we're wasting our time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're wasting your time if you don't pray before you go out in the harvest. Yep. You're wasting your time, man. And um, asking God, identifying those roles and identifying the responsibilities and the needs of your church and stuff and mm-hmm. beginning to pray for those people, man, yep. that's huge. Yeah, that is. Well, man, it's been good. It's yeah. been good. This is a good awesome topic. And um, I was just thinking about, uh, as we were talking earlier, uh, another good top, interesting topic, I think, to to kind of go through would be kind of talking about some of those high tension 
doctrinal issues and how you handle that as a church planner. Oh, you that know, would like be some of the, you know, like surrounding, you know, biblical marriage and things like that. Yeah. Like, so maybe, maybe we'll have an episode about, uh, some of that coming up pretty soon Absolutely. because I know that's a, that's something that we deal with on the regular here, especially in our context. Big where, time. Um, let's just say, uh, the, 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 the normal, um, worldview up here is a little bit different from the Bible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on some yeah. of those issues. So a little bit. Yeah. You know, you know, what's interesting though, is like, um, I, I was talking to a pastor of a mega church down in the States in the South. And I, I told him, I said, you know, like you're, you're crazy. If you don't think that there's people in your congregation mm-hmm. that are, that are trying to deal with these issues of sexuality, yep. depression, whatever it might be. Um, you know, they, these worldviews, yep. like they, they're not because they're in the South, they might not express them in mm-hmm. Sunday school or whatever, cause they're going to get ostracized, but they're asking them. Yep. So That's yeah. Right. Well, guys, I want to thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com, and you can listen to other episodes there. And we need your help getting the word out about In the Trenches so that other church planters and people that are fans of church planting uh, can get their hands on this material and and hopefully it can be a blessing to them as well. Uh, We've got, uh, I think this is episode number 24 now, so we're starting to rack up some uh, some good stuff. And I mean, so there you can head over to our website and there may be a specific topic that you have questions about and um, you can head over there and maybe we've already talked about it. And if there's something that we haven't talked about yet that you'd like us to uh, shoot us an email, like uh, our, our email addresses are in the show notes. We love interacting with you guys. We've heard from some of you uh, from all over uh, North America and it's just been really cool just to connect with some church planners. Uh, church planners are my heroes, man. Like I just, oh, I, these, these, these people, these guys and girls that are on these church yeah, planning teams that yeah. give up their lives for this. Uh, you guys are the real heroes yeah. uh, and, and we're just uh, always amazed at mm-hmm. what God is doing and, and at your willingness to go and to, uh, uh, to respond to God's call. So and don't think you're putting us out. No, nope. you know what I mean? Like I, it's very encouraging to us. Like mm-hmm. Jared's right, man. We we get emails, you know, from all over North America asking questions and clarifying questions or for documents, man, we want to always live open-handed. Yep. So anything we talk about on the, on the podcast, if we can, if you want it, just let us know, we'll send yep. it to you. And uh, we'd love to be a blessing to you any way we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, make sure you guys, uh, uh, share uh, this episode and others on social media on Facebook and Twitter with uh, your followers so we can uh, get the word out more and more Uh, so we're going to be back as always with another episode next Monday so until then go out there and get in those trenches church planners 